people were offered a cartoon version of Jesus or a cartoon version of what it means to be a Christian. In other words, the American culture sort of got into this a little bit. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all cause mortality by up to 30%. So I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's doctor spelled drmartinfletcher.com. I'm Dr. Marty Fletcher. I am the shrink of the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast. And what I want to talk with you about is the phrase spiritual, but not religious. So as a psychologist, I need to be culturally sensitive, which means that when people come in and I take a history and do an assessment, I ask about spiritual beliefs. Because we do know that spirituality, religious people who attend church, for instance, that's been studied and it has a great, vast number of positive health effects, physical um, and mental, relational, et cetera. So we need to look at that sort of thing. And oftentimes I'll hear, I'm spiritual, not religious. Usually, you know, I don't hear I'm an atheist. That comes up once in a while, but you know, they're really small in numbers if you take a look at it, at the data. So I'm not always sure what people mean about I'm spiritual, but not religious and why they would use that phrase. So let's discuss a few things. What does the phrase mean to people and what are its advantages, limitations, et cetera? So in my observations, I've learned that oftentimes people have just simply not had good examples of professing Christians. And I'm going to use that phrase, professing Christians, because I think that we need to call things by their name. And um, just because it's called that doesn't necessarily mean that it exemplifies the quality of Christianity. So what I'll hear from people is they have had bad experiences in the church or with people who say they're Christians. And, and by the way, I'm not doubting anyone. You know, you, your, your beliefs are your beliefs, but this is just what I'm reporting to you. And, and, and the main problems that I'm seeing are they're judgmental, okay, which we know that's preached against. I mean, that's, that's anti-Christian. That's anti-Christ. Or they are obnoxious, which means they are pushing unwelcome ideas, observations, and suggestions on a person. Or um, I hear this probably most often is they're hypocrites. They do not do what they say. And by the way, I'm going to refer to a lot of the uh, New Testament ideas about these things because hypocrisy was widely derided 
by Christ himself. So if you're seeing hypocrisy and judgmental people, that's not Christianity. So what you're rejecting is not Christianity. You're rejecting bad examples of Christianity. And I think that the um, scandals in the church, and there's a recent one, I'm not going to mention it, but it reminded me of just how disillusioning it can be to learn that the person that you trusted had betrayed that trust. And secondly, I would say, I see that people who reject Christianity oftentimes see it as a set of rules. And, and, and these rules aren't fun. Matter of fact, these rules are perceived to take away the fun. And so the question is, well, you know, I want to think about God and I want to believe in God and that there's something higher than all of this and higher than me. But, you know, I don't want to live like that, you know. And my response to that is if a person were to actually learn and follow, it is a rich and rewarding life. And it is very healthy psychologically, physically, and with relationships. And that's not my opinion. It is my opinion, but that's not all. It's not enough. It's been studied and it's been shown. But oftentimes people don't know what to follow because they don't study it. Okay. So that second point I would make is that, you know, oftentimes these spiritual but not religious folks are seeing that why would I want to live like that? And and simply they don't understand. And most of these most of these observations I would say have a root of misunderstanding to them. And that's also why we're doing this podcast, right? Okay. Three, the gospel was never presented in a way that made sense. So people were offered a cartoon version of Jesus or a cartoon version of what it means to be a Christian. In other words, the American culture sort of got into this a little bit. And so you'll see consumerism, for instance. You know, if you ask, you'll get these material things. Antichrist there. That's that that's not the whole point. Now there's nothing bad about having things, but we enjoy them and we don't attach to them and we certainly don't pursue them and we also use them in um ways that benefit the kingdom of God. Okay. Um, and by the cartoon version of Jesus, um, I should mention this too. This was me prior to 2014. I explored lots of things because I think that we have an innate sense that God is out there and we want to discover God and be in relation. So I was looking at things like Buddhism and Hinduism, took a class on Islam. So I was searching, but I rejected Christianity. And so a lot of these reasons I would have given back then for, and this is really important We've lost the disciplines. So, and, and here's what I mean by that. If all you need to do is go to church, and a lot of people go, I have to go to church, or they feel guilty about not going to church, they'll say, oh, you yeah, haven't been to church lately, or um, I don't go to church, and they're almost apologizing for it, as if going to church is the whole of Christianity, and that that's what you do as a Christian. You just go to church, and then you say these magic words, which is, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, and then you go about living the life that you've always been living, and there's no transformation. Okay, a disciplined Christian will practice the disciplines. And to be a disciple means you are a disciplined person, which means that you are aiming at certain practices that will help to transform you, and other people can see that because the best testament to Christianity is, is the fruit that it bears, which means they're, they're watching you. They're watching us. Okay, and what are the disciplines? What, what do we be disciplined on which means what do we practice? I'll name a few. Uh, prayer. Praying. Mm, you don't pray in public for that reason, but you know, I went to breakfast with a, a fellow a believer. 
And that's mainly what we talked about was the faith and how it applies to today. And, you know, we did pray before the meal. Maybe somebody saw that. I don't know. But that's not the purpose of it. But prayer is certainly a part of it. And if you want to get going on the disciplines in a low requirement way, doesn't cost you too much in time or effort, start praying before meals. And really feel that prayer and thank God. That's a way that you could start that discipline right now. And it's really nice to do it with your family. So fasting, okay, it was assumed that we would fast in the early church. Christ just said when you fast, not if you decide to fast. So, But nobody teaches us how to fast. You don't just like leap into it and have much success. And there are different ways of fasting too. But I can tell you one thing about fasting is that it certainly changes us physiologically. We have data on that and in a healthy way. And also the quality of prayer certainly deepens. So imagine practicing that discipline regularly. And um, meditation. And by and in Christian meditation, often it is taking a scripture, line in scripture, which is has deep, deep, profound meaning and application, and then just reflecting on it and applying it and thinking about it. That's, that's a common type of meditation on the scriptures. Simplicity right? There is a show recently, and I forget what it's called, but I thought it was really interesting that people got really interested in this show, Got Legs. And it was all about decluttering, simplifying your life. There's something about giving your stuff away and cleaning it out and getting rid of it that sort of brings us some peace. By the way, most of these disciplines that I'm talking about, they do bring peace. Fellowship's very important to Christianity. What does fellowship mean? It means where two or more are gathered in his name, that's where Christ is. It's a celebration of one another. Chastity, okay, that is a discipline. Why is that a discipline? Because agape is, and that's agape, is that highest love that Christ demonstrated and talked about. It, it means that we don't use people for pleasure. We give, and oftentimes out of a loving, a loveless sexual encounter has nothing to do with agape. Also almsgiving, with the attitude of, especially given in private, that's really important, right? So you just give because of what it does for the kingdom of God, not for any sort of glory. You know, you don't have to, you know, name the building after yourself or you don't have to, you know, get recognition from it because that's the wrong attitude. That That, that isn't in, within the discipline. And um, obedience, that's a big Christian discipline. If you really want to feel Christianity and what it means and be transformed, start by paying attention to what we were instructed to do and doing it. Not because you have to, right? Because it feels so good once we begin to do that. We get uh, the fruits of the Spirit begin to uh, emerge. Gratitude practice is a big part of Christianity. What's gratitude? Gratitude means instead of looking for what's wrong with the world and my life, I shift my attention to find the good, affirm it, which means, oh, this actually is good. I wasn't looking at this. And then to thank the giver. And then, you know, celebration. So, uh, and, and this is going to church. This is what people are hung up on. The attitude for a disciplined Christian practicing the disciplines is this. We go to join others in celebration of God and the life that we have together. Not because we have to or because we don't want to feel guilty or we need a reset so we can go out and do some more of the things that we are guilty about. Okay, so so imagine if a person on the fence about Christianity were to observe a person who had been practicing those disciplines. I'm not saying do it publicly. I'm just saying the transformation that comes from that. Okay. The next thing I would say is that we don't often become Christ-like, right? And that really is the point of Christianity. If you really want to anchor yourself to it and make decisions easy 
you know, what should I do here? We try to become like Christ. So there was a phrase a while back and a lot of like these wristbands that said, uh, what would Jesus do? And, you know, that was okay, but there was something that wasn't complete with that for me. And I think that if we get to the point where we have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? I think that we haven't been practicing the disciplines. The point is to get to a point where it begins automatically because we've been practicing the disciplines. And also the disciplines, they're not, they're, they're, they're a joy as we get better to them. Okay, finally, another very common reason why people really resist the, the way, the path, is because they simply are clinging on to their lives and what they have. And in Christianity, that's called idolatry. So here's the concept. People who think that they are not praising and worshiping in the world or behaving religiously, they don't understand deeply what it means to worship something. We have to understand a hierarchy in order to understand worship. Worship is everybody has the highest thing, the thing that has the promise of a meaningful life or a purposeful life. We always have that thing. I And Christ taught that those will only lead to temporary pleasure, if at all. And in the end, it's leading to death because that's what sin is. Sin means you're not aiming at God. You're aiming at something else and you're missing them or you're aiming at God and you're missing the mark. You're off somehow. Right. And it's a separation from God to have idolatry means that I've put something out of order. My loves are out of order and God is not at the top of that. God is not first. Typical idol. And these things are old. I mean, you'll see the names change throughout history, but those same idols are present today. You know, mammon, which is wealth right? And um, the promise of wealth, if I can just chase that and sacrifice for this job and sacrifice my family, sacrifice my health for this job, then I'll be complete. I will have arrived and I will have that satisfaction. And I can just be peaceful if I can just get all of this debt out of my way and have enough money in the bank. And no, there's not enough yet. I got to have more so I can retire. That is the pursuit of that when it's out of order. I'm not to say, it's not to say that those things like financial responsibility and security don't matter. They do. Poverty will definitely cause much stress in a person's life. But interestingly enough, once basic needs are met, a lot of research studies show this. Once basic needs are met, which means you can pay the bills, you can, you know, they're not going to shut off the electricity. There's zero correlation between happiness and wealth. In fact, oftentimes more money, more trouble right? I've seen that before. Another one is I put alcohol. Now, oftentimes they'll say they don't. They put God first. Don't listen to what people say. Don't even listen to what you say and believe it. Watch. In Christianity, he will be known by his fruits. That's how we know. We It's very action-oriented. We have to live this stuff out to, to have the effects. And alcohol, that's a real common one. Bacchus or Dionysus is, is are names that other cultures called it. But what it is, it means that I'm sacrificing to the wrong thing, okay? To put God first, oftentimes people don't want to let go of those things. They're attached to those things. They're afraid to let go of those things. In Christianity, there's a surrender. And in surrender, you'll gain your life by losing it. That old life goes away and the new one comes away. And there's the relief and there's the the freedom, so spiritual, but not religious, often comes down to just, uh, I'm not going to commit to that. 
for various reasons. I'm not going to be born again. I'm not going to be born again in the spirit. I'm going to keep following worldly ways. And over and over again in the scripture, we're admonished, do not conform to the world. Or in James, do not be polluted by the world. Because there's no satisfaction, that does lead to death. Think about overworked people or alcoholics, or maybe it's sex. Look at how pornography is, dis- I don't know if you'd know that, but it's it, it's destroying sex lives. The number one reason that people, men, stop looking at it is erectile dysfunction. So at the beginning, there's a promise of happiness and with these false gods. There's a promise of, and then there's a, a excitement or pleasure. In the end, it will take everything. You'll be sacrificing everything for it and it'll cause pain. So those are my thoughts on why people are saying spiritual and not religious. I'm certain that there are others, but I did want to bring this up a lot because as we become more secular, we become more troubled and we lose our identities as something that joins us together. And as we put things outside of God, we get our hearts are getting harder and harder and people are getting angrier and more divided and more hateful. So I would like for people to consider true Christianity You know, not so much the traditions and, you know, false gospels, but really look for yourself. Find people who look that they have that peace, that they have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They're they're peaceful. They're joyful. Consider that. And I can't imagine rejecting that because people are chasing that. They're just going the wrong direction with that. So that's about all I have to say about that. God bless you with good health and good strength. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.